If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 7 and verse, and I'll tell you that in just a minute. How many here has ever understood your purpose? My wife and I went and seen a, a movie, um, Overcomer. Anybody seen that? Anybody ever, has anybody else, how many went and seen Overcomer? Let me see your hand. Okay. One of the things that was significant about that movie is, who are you? He asked the uh, basketball coach. He goes, what are you? And he said, well, you know, I'm a white male and uh, I coach basketball. He told everything except for the most important part of who he was. And what was the most, let me ask you, what is the most important part of who you are? Man, it's, the most important part is that. Who you are is, is Christ living in you. And then you can be the best dad you can be. You can be the best mom you can be. You can be the, the best kind of supporter you can be because Christ lives within you. And, and so I, I began to think, I didn't take any other lines from that movie and I didn't build my sermon on that, but I just thought it was interesting. But what is my purpose? What are you to be doing how can you handle the trials that, that come along the way? They're in everyone's life. No matter if you're the pastor, the worship leader, the board member, the parent, the child, the youth, the grandparent, the single adult, or the widow. Everybody has issues and everybody needs to know exactly what God would have them to do. Now, I could stand up here and everyone you could ask me, what is God's purpose for me? And I'd say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what his purpose is in my life. And not only knowing his purpose, but learning how to take care of that purpose. That's a very important part. That, you know, Rick Warren's book, A Purpose Driven Life and A Purpose Driven Church and different things he's written. And I understand that. But how do I maintain this walk? How do I maintain who I am with Christ? There's a scripture we've read, uh, no tell how many times, and we quote it often in Matthew chapter 7. And I feel like God is speaking to us differently than what everybody else thinks that this verse is about. Look at verse 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Everyone that asketh receiveth, and him that seeketh findeth, and him that openeth it shall be open. Him that knocketh it shall be opened to, to him. Always about that scripture, I've thought, well, you ask for things. You ask for the impossible. You ask for your family to be saved. You ask for miracles in your life. You, pray, you ask for finances. You ask for all these things you're asking for. But really, I think what he's talking about asking for is that concept about a, my purpose. What is my purpose, Lord? What is my purpose? What is your purpose? The thing about this scripture is that God wants to bless. There's nothing wrong with all the material things, but he wants to bless your life. You know, I think of, we have a lot of singles in the church and, and a lot of the things they go through and that they pray about and, they, and I don't know if they spend time in prayer, but they think about and dwell upon things that only a single person can understand. But I thought about God. God wants to bless you in your singleness. God wants to bless you in your life. God wants to bless you in your marriage. Is he just a, 
And often when we read this scripture, I think, well, with, about asking God for everything we want. Is he a holiday God? Is he a holiday God that every time we have a, we have a want, we ask him and he gives it to us? But see, and I'm not picking on Joel Olsen. I like Joel. I can't handle him all the time, but I listen to him sometime. And, uh, but, does God want me to be happy? Is there ever any times that I'm not happy? Last night was one of those times. But we all have things that we're unhappy about, things that happen. But God is not just a God of gifts, and God wants to bless you, and he wants to shower you with, with certain things. It is possibly something else that he's trying to tell us. Could it be for clear direction? Could it be uh, the reason for living? Give us a vision for our life and a purpose for our living. That would mean a lot more to most people in their life where they are to know exactly his clear direction for them and understand their, their, their direction in, in the walk with him and also outside of him. He has clear direction for you. Ask, seek, and knock. And, We pray that, and I hate my long pauses. I'm trying to catch up with my thinking. Go to Joshua chapter one. If you're only looking at God at what he can give you or it's material things, because many times, to be honest with you, that's what we hear from the pulpit so often. It's become something that we look at God as, as a, a supplier, but never meeting a real need. What is my real need? What is the direction in my life? I think a lot of people have known God's will and God's direction in their life and their purpose and everything else. Let me tell you this. It's everybody's purpose to share the gospel, period. It's everybody's purpose to, to be born again, period. It's, it, it's everybody's, all those spiritual things are true. And, and we might just say them as cliche, but, but it's a reality. But how do I maintain that walk with God and, and my talk with God and my conversations with my family and by, my, that I lead my wife in the right way and I lead my kids in the right way? How do, how do I attain that? How do I get there? Man, I, a couple of, last, last Sunday night in a Sunday school class, I thought that Leighton just spoke something to me. He said, I was asking him hypothetical situations or you know, how they handle this or handle that. And he says, well, how do we handle it? How do we handle it? How do we get the answers for those things? And boy, I've played that through my mind so many times this week. How do I? We talk about ask, seek, and knocking, and that's great. For a lot of people, and a lot of people, how do I apply it? And I begin to think about us knowing God's will and knowing God's will, and the perfect will of God in our life. We always don't know every little decision to make. 
But there is a way to maintain that relationship. There's a way to you to maintain that relationship with your wife. There's a way to, to maintain the relationship with your kids. Is it, is it possible? Yes, it is. To have a prosperous life? Yes. To have a fulfilled life? Yes. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of, out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate there on it. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that is written within, with, written therein. Then shall it make thy, thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. And you think about that passage, many times we've read it and we, and we thought about it, and it's true. But we study to know God's word. How many of you... How many in the past week have actually gotten something and sat down and read and deciphered and, and spent a little time on a verse, not a chapter, not a book, but a verse? Study to show yourself what? Approved. It doesn't mean that you're proud. It means that God is shining upon it. God gives you favor upon it. A, per- a person who really understands his word is someone that when their purpose is there, they're just living in it. They walk in it. Uh, I shared with you a while back about, uh, we'd come back here back in 1999, and uh, how many of y'all looked at your driver's license, driver's license lately? How many, get your driver's license out. How many looked at it? I'm serious. Get your driver's license out and look at them. Because I guarantee you there's going to be somebody here that has expired license. Just humor me just for a minute. Now, if you just got it in the last week or so, mine is out next year. I didn't know that until just then. But some of you probably have an expired license. Am I right? Does anybody have an expired license? There's no police officers in here, so okay, it doesn't matter. I took the test and I thought I could pass it because man driving, I've been doing it for so many years. It's a whiz, you know, just, just give me the test, just give it to me. And I failed it. And uh, I had to take it again. I passed it a second time. How many thinks you could pass it without reading the book? Come on. How many thinks you could pass it without reading the book? I thought I could. Now, Nick, I can, I can pick on Nick a little bit because Nick took the, the, get his CDLs, he took it five or six times. <laughs> failed it and failed it and failed it. So it isn't just reading. Okay. <clears throat> take this word in, in Joshua. Take the, the book of the law. It shall not depart from your mouth. When you get around a person who really understands God, or at least his role in their life, it's easy for them to be in conversation about him. It's always something about the, the God and his presence and, and who he is. It just flows freely. It's not anything that's inhabited. Tied around your neck, that means you keep it close by. And you keep it, you keep it close by your thought process. You don't tie it around your ankle and sling it around. You can forget about it and you be, listen, if he ties her around her ankle, figuratively we'll say, it becomes something we don't want there. It becomes something we want to get rid of. 
But when it's around our neck, it's something that's precious to us. It's something that we pay a lot of attention to. Day and night, it should be in your conversation. Dwell upon it. Take these truths and abide by them. As there benefits, you better believe. There's lots of benefits. Lots of benefits. If you do this, you shall be prosperous. Look at verse 8 again. To all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. You shall make your own way prosperous. How is it possible? I never had a chance. I was born in the wrong family. I've got this addiction. I've got all these problems. I can't do anything. The problem is you haven't learned to process and take the word and make it become part of your purpose. You have to have it in here to understand how to make your, pro- make your life prosperous. I thought, man, I wonder how many people, I sit in church every day, we, we, we have great worship and, 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 get, and get the, uh, I'll get to my stutter in just a minute. We get to, uh, the moments of exuberant worship, you can say it's emotional, you can say whatever, but God made us in his image and God has emotions too and I'll talk about that another time. We have the power within us to make our way prosperous. To make our way prosperous. And then, not only prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Good success and prosperity come together. It doesn't mean wads of money. It can, it can mean that very much. I know there's people in here that have been very blessed financially. And God just gave them favor and what they were good at. And they found a way to, to make it work. And they've done very well. And it's, it's great. I admire you. It's a wonderful thing. you got to hang on. you got to protect this. you got to protect your, your purpose. If you don't protect your purpose and you don't find that it's valuable to you, you, you won't take this word and apply it in your life. Go to Zechariah chapter 1. Zechariah chapter 1, verse 20. Then said I, what, what come these to do? And he spake, these are the horns, these are the horns which ye have scattered Judah, that no man did lift up his head. But these are, but these are come to, to fray them, to cast down the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. And I'm going to think about this, and, and uh, we'll go back to verse 21 in a little bit. But I think about something that began to the battle against you and the battle against me. See, these people here couldn't lift up their head so that no man to lift up his head. How many has ever been discouraged? You can't look at anybody in the eye and you can't lift your head up and you can't do anything else to seem to. Why couldn't you lift your head? Why can't you look at anybody? Why is it that you always felt so uh, distraught and, and tore down? 
No one could lift up their head. The horns were those that opposed what God was, God's plan was. And Judah, we know that God's hand was upon Judah. We have to recognize uh, the intents of this type of enemy to fray them. Look at the word fray. You know what fray means? It means to crush them, turn them into powder, totally reduce them to nothing, and just scatter them. In other words, the Jewish people in Judah, there was no one, the intent was to totally destroy everything they had and everything they were looking, going for. Now, I'm going to stop here because this is where I want to take some time just to talk to you. I want to take four things away from them. The first thing you want to do is take away your confidence. Matter of fact, when I said that understanding your purpose and cultivating, taking a word and applying it and tying it around your neck and, and finding value, in, some of you immediately began to think, I can't do that. I can't grasp the word. I can't understand. I can't, I don't know the Bible. I don't know. I began to make excuse after excuse because you have no confidence. Well, let me tell you about confidence. Uh, some people are kind of born, born with it, you know. It's kind of walking, exudes from them. And I'm going to talk to you about myself dealing with uh, confidence. Uh, a year ago, after I had this stroke, I tried to come back. And the uh, second week after I had the stroke, a week and a half later approximately, I tried to come back to preach. And I've tried several times in the past year. And a lot of, a lot of stuttering, a lot of uh, stammering, a lot of uh, not knowing where the next thought's going to come. Or, or I, I'll be on certain thoughts that I could have and somebody could cough or a baby say, do something and somebody say something. And immediately everything's gone. And one of the biggest attacks of the enemy is he tries to take your confidence. Let me tell you something. I had none. Where I used to look forward to church on Sunday... Not anymore. As soon as one Sunday was over, I began to think already about next Sunday, but trying to prepare. It brought a lot of relief when I had different people speaking, and, and they helped, Sister Amy helped so much. Ed, Ed Cheryl, uh, Chad spoke, and different ones spoke, and it was great. It was, it was a relief to me. But I dreaded coming to church. It wasn't nothing to do with God. What it have to do with? In the same way with each of us. Some of you here have got so much junk from the past that bombards your mind that you don't think you can ever be free of this. See, there are four horns, and there was four different areas. And I don't know what they would stand for, but I just picked out four things and, and applied them. And, but the first one was confidence. I didn't have any. It wasn't until about two or three months ago I, I started feeling more at ease. It's still, and, and I still do it all the time. Stutter and, and lose a thought. And, and I know that uh, the beginning of we would be in board meetings and, and James and Kevin would go, come on, come on, spit it out. Okay, it wasn't that bad, but it was pretty bad. But I began to think about it. I lost my confidence. You know what else happens to people? The enemy comes in, he tries to take away your purpose. You may think that you have a, you have a, 
certain ministry or a certain ability to do things and be totally taken away. Don't know, maybe um, things happen in life. Things unexpected and you think you've lost your purpose. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, without a vision, the third thing that he takes away is your vision. And some of you never see yourself any farther than where you are now. None of you can see all the growth and it has happened in your past, but for you in your own eyes, you see yourself here. Matter of fact, you don't see yourself here. You see yourself way back there. You don't have a vision anymore because you think you're too far gone and you're too complicated. And God will never show up and work for you. If you will take the word of God and you will take it and listen, if you'll take it and apply it, tie it around your neck, not figuratively, and around your mind and begin to understand and begin to read and begin to discipline yourself in your personal time with the Lord. If you think you can be successful and, and walk with God and, and have his favor and have purpose and, and confidence, and vision, without him, you're lost. You can't. You can't have those things without the word of God. That is the first thing that every person in this room has to do. If you don't ever take it and read it, I don't care if, it, if you take other books and study those and scripture them, that's great. But you've got to get the word from there into here. And once it gets in here, it begins to make sense. Begin to have a little order in your life. And the last place that seems to, last thing that begins to happen, this is something I've talked about a few times in certain groups. Didn't really happen here, but it happens a lot. When you lose your confidence and you lose your purpose and you lose your your vision, well, my wife helped me a lot sustain things in my life. But usually things get scattered and people go everywhere. People ask me, what happened to our church? I know we lost people because the speaking was so horrendous. But the majority stayed. Majority endured. you know what, in your life, if you don't have purpose, you don't have confidence, you don't have a lot of things in your life, your life will be scattered. So many people over the years, man, we've been in ministry since 1987. I know it's before a lot of you were born. I know that. And a lot of you were born later, but that was a long time ago. watched a lot of people come and a lot of people go. A lot of people give up the ghosts and quit altogether. But simply because they didn't take this they didn't take this word of God seriously and apply it to the life. No. Zechariah chapter four verse twenty one says the Lord showed me four carpenters. What's the purpose of a carpenter? And we know what they could do. This is what I thought. The carpenters can raise an order to the confusion, restore confidence, restore purpose, restore leadership, restore people. I'm going to say something I don't, I don't mean it in any way, in any way arrogantly or in any way judgmental. 
But years ago, the assembly in Bloomfield was known, it was just known. It was, a, it was a stable, it was faithful, it was consistent. And the pastor's name was Dallas Reagan. He was here from the 1960s to the 1990s. And everything he stood for was what was right and, and wholesome and true and, and it was respectable. Before we came here, the last little while before we came here, the church began to struggle. Struggle with a lot of things. I'm not saying who the pressure was. It doesn't matter. But he, it's just a struggle for him. And I don't know what happened. I don't know the order of things. I don't know anything. But I do know this. There was a lack of, a lack of order. I didn't plan on saying any of this. I am just a meager, country-living boy from Castle County, London area, Kentucky. But when God sent us here all the way from Kentucky to come here, I didn't know the order. I didn't know the process. But he sent us here, think this figuratively, as a carpenter to begin to restore things that once were and many of you is wanting to raise up some carpenters in some people's lives. And I'm talking a self-carpenter, a person who can do some things and begin to take a stand and begin to believe when nobody else believes that your purpose is real, that you have confidence in yourself. I want you to come back, guys. Once you knew your purpose, once you knew how you got it, once you knew your direction, but for some reason, some things began to come in and begin to steal all these things. You know, you're not the first one to experience this because we know that Satan has been doing this for many years. Tries to come in and this is what we're going to sing. We're going to sing a song up here in just a minute. We're going to sing a raise a hallelujah. We could think that it's a, a, a gloom and doom type message or whatever you may want to say it or consider it as, but I want to speak something to you. It's the responsibility of a carpenter or the leader or builder to say some things that be promoted to your hearts. Everybody stay with me just a second. You're not who you used to be. And I want to say that again. You're not who you used to be. Things have, have come in your life and you've got some things together that you never had before. You're not who you used to be. You may have believed in it. Maybe some things coming against you that you're, you're, you're dab, dabbling in some things of the past, but you're not who you used to be. You're miles away from that. You're no longer labeled as a quitter. You're no longer labeled in your mind and everybody else's, say with me, as a quitter, as a fake, as a thief, as a liar, as a grouch, as an addict, someone that's unhappy, 
You're no longer labeled as someone who's manipulated or manipulator. And man, if you have ever, the reason we're going to sing this, so I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat. If you've been hearing some voices or hearing yourself justify while you are uh, stuck in your past and, and things are still going on in your life like it had used to be, if you're tired of living that way, and I don't care if you've been, if you've been here for 50 years, 50 years. If you want to come up, and I'm, matter of fact, I'm going to say to you, if you're struggling with these things I've talked about tonight, this morning, get up and come out of your seat and stand up front. We're going to sing this together.